Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block on the TalkSport Fan Network. And for the very first time, we are live, taking you right up to transfer deadline at 11pm. I am joined by a host of exciting guests this evening, including a certain posh legend. So stay tuned for that. And as we're live, you get to see our faces for the first time. Although, to be fair, I fully accept that does sound more like a threat than an advantage of being live. But by being live, it means you guys can interact with us too. You can interact with us live on X. You can interact with us live on YouTube. And you can interact with us live on Facebook. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how you think the window's gone for us. And of course, if there is any late breaking news, which it appears there may be some imminent, we'll bring that to you as it happens. Let's go. Talk sport. Here we go then. I am Tim White for the evening. I've even got my tie in tribute to uh, Mr. White himself and everything. It's very exciting. And joining me for this first segment, I promised you a post legend, right? So with that in mind, former BBC Cambridgeshire presenter, Mr. Sam Edwards is here. Good evening, sir. How are you? Hi. Do I call you Tim or, or Jim? Or... What, whatever you prefer. So, I mean, to be fair, it's just nice of you not to call me, you know, nasty names for a change, if I'm honest. Because what people don't see about Sam Edwards is that when the the microphone is off, he's he's brutal. Uh, he's he's absolutely, yeah. He's the he's the the. I wouldn't go as far as saying bully, but you know, he's the instigator of all banter within the yellow block group chat. Uh, don't worry, I do also have a posh legend of the playing variety up my sleeve soon as well. Stay tuned for that. He will be joining us very shortly. I'm also delighted to welcome another yellow block host, Mr. On the Fence himself. Uh, it's Nathan Brown. Hello, so how are you? I'm very, very well, Tim. How are you? I'm okay. You've, I understand you've just got back from football. Where you described yourself uh, as <laughs> Tom Nichols of Seven Aside, I believe. Yes, yes, profligate in front of goal, definitely, yeah. <clears throat> you, you did score one, so that's one more than Nichols has managed this season. Now, I have teased uh, already, but we are shortly going to be joined by a certain posh legend who knows all about deadline day, so stay tuned for that. And later on, we're going to be joined by a host of people. So we've got the font of football knowledge himself, Gab Sutton from the EFL Debate Podcast, as well as Billy from the, wait for it, B-Sotted Brentford Pod. 
best named football podcast, I believe, in the country. We'll be talking um, all things about our, our new loan signing and, of course, a certain Ivan Tony. And if that wasn't enough, I've also got the usual gang spread out across the evening, including Top Knot, Craig and Rob. Now, if there is any last minute news, we'll bring it to you live alongside any rumours. We've even got our ticker along the bottom in true deadline day uh, style. Um, and we also got a roving reporter in the field. So uh, we've currently got Jared in KFC Car Park. I mean, I don't actually know if that's true, but if I'm honest, it's it's probably quite likely, isn't it? Let's be honest. Now, the most important guest this evening is you guys. We wanted to toy and try with this idea of, uh, of going live. So we want to hear from you. What's your summary of the window so, so far? Do you expect any last minute moves? And would you say it's been a successful window for Posh? There was a lot of pressure put on this window. Let us know. And also let us know where you are watching from. We'll obviously shout out the most obscure places that we can find as well. Uh, just quickly before we start, Posh Polls put out an interesting poll this morning. Said it's deadline day. Will Posh do any business with four options? Sing a player, which I'm assuming was sign a player, sell a player, sign and sell a player, or nothing will happen. Overwhelmingly, Posh fans voted that we will sign a player. And technically, we have to say, Sam, it was true. The news started uh, positively today with a certain Mr. Sear returning to the club all but two days after he left. Yeah, bit of an odd one, this, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, what's what's changed? Because he wanted, it sounds like, wanted, uh, wanted first-team football, something Darren Ferguson couldn't promise, and then suddenly he's come back, change of heart. So whether the player hasn't had any offers and, and wants to come back, whether that was not quite the right line in the first place um, remains to be seen. But I think it's it, it's good news. He's, he's, he's a solid keeper. You know, he's done a good job for us already. So, um, yeah, interesting competition for places in in that space. But wasn't necessarily the one I think we were expecting, you know, two days ago. So, yeah, very, very interesting indeed. And I can see, I can see actually, Tim, as well, just, just to go off topic for a second, um, it looks like you've paid family members, have you, to drop comments in the chat about about how much they like it. I mean, the marry me one probably isn't a family member, um, but yeah, you're getting a lot of a lot of fan mail early on, and you're muted as well. So that's a real error. That's, that's yeah. Fair, and and this is you know this is host of the season stuff right there. Although whilst we're we're talking about uh, audio, Sam, whatever audio changes you made before we came on, you sound like you're in a fish tank in the nicest possible way. So. Uh, who knows what's happening now? This is, you know, live podcast production for the first time. Nathan, the Jed Steer transfer in, I mean, this is great news, possibly the most posh type signing in terms of letting a player go and then suddenly getting him back two days later that we could imagine. Feel a little bit for, for Bilo. Now, obviously, we're running out of time. But do we think that um, there will be movement, maybe Tally going out, or do you think we will have all three? Uh, no, I, I thought... Tally will go out on loan, but obviously we've we've not got too much longer of the window, so who knows really. But yeah, I think with Steer coming in, it's just it's experience really, and I think you know there's nothing wrong with Bila Kapic. I think he's been fantastic for us, um, and obviously I think Darren sort of put the point out there that he wanted them to to compete for that spot if if Steer was going to stay. Um, obviously he's had a change of heart and thought you know maybe he is up for that that kind of battle. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Steer probably is the starting goalkeeper for the rest of the season. I think it's a, a really, really good signing. You know, it, it sort of bolsters that that back four, back five. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really, really good news. So, yeah, it's it's um, fantastic that he's, he's staying with us. 
It is, and it's obviously it was strange the the whole saga. I know uh, me and the lads that were on this weekend just gone talked about Steer going and and how Fergie seemed frustrated by the whole process. I mean, it was never really left or sold to us that the door was still open for Steer to come back. It, it all seemed very final. What do you think's happened behind the scenes? Do you, do you think it's a case of maybe Darren's gone to Darren and said, "I need this sign in." Or, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, do you think they saw the game at the uh, on Tuesday night and, and went, actually, yeah, maybe we do need steer back if we're going to achieve our goals this season? Um, I don't think it's that because, you know, they know what Bila Kapic is capable of and they've seen him play for, for half a season. So I don't think it would be that. Um, it probably is a case of, you know, just getting some, you know, knocking some heads together and, and then coming to a, a decision where they thought, actually, it makes sense to, to keep steer here. Um, you know, it's a six-month deal. You know, it's. I'm sure they've come to some sort of arrangement where it's mutually beneficial for for both, um, and it makes sense. And and like I say, maybe experience in the building um, is something that they've they've just considered and thought, yeah, that's that's probably the best route to go down. Um, you know, we've in previous years had largely inexperienced goalkeepers, perhaps, um, and we've seen what uh, a difference of a, a really, really, really good keeper like Bursic, for instance. Um, can can do for your sort of chances for for promotion. So yeah, with with steering, and I'm not saying anything against Bila Kapic because I think he's he has been very very good for us and he's not really put a foot wrong largely. Um, I just think the the experience is is really really going to be uh, positive for us. Yeah, and it's, I suppose it's along the lines of what, what Devon's put there, um, as he injured himself again, or have we loaned out the other keeper? My understanding, Sam, is that we do still have all three in the building. Whether or not that will, will change, I've not seen anything in terms of rumour mill, in terms of whether Tally is going, but I mean, Blackmore's back as well at, at some point. You do have to wonder if we're kind of a bit top-heavy with goalkeepers. Yeah, you would you would say so, wouldn't you, at the moment? Um so it'd be interesting to see if, if, if anything happens or, as Dev says, it was one thought that crossed my mind when I saw it earlier. Has Belakapic, you know, injured himself or, you know, maybe still not recovered? So, and that's that's obviously forced Posh's hand with getting steered back. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how Posh play that one. We don't normally, you know, we're not normally flush with goalkeepers really in that regard, are we? It's, it's one area where we have traditionally been light. But, um, but yeah, when you were saying about Billa Kapic or Tally, I was thinking maybe I had missed something today, but that's because I've had a busy day at work, as I'm sure we all have. And then I looked down at the bottom and saw some of those rumours that were coming in. I thought I was really behind on the news that uh, Edwards has gone to Crystal Palace. Um, but yes, it's uh, please, everyone, do not take that bottom bar as anything other than jovial. Yes, yeah, surpri- surprise. It, it could freak you out. Although, uh, interesting one coming along the bottom there, we do need to talk about Nathan because this is uh, kind of sparked into life in the last, I would say, 20 minutes or so. And I do feel if there's going to be any drama between now and 11, it's probably going to be that Mason Clark one. Um, the rumours that he's potentially going to Coventry seem to be gaining a little bit of traction, uh, potentially being loaned back to the club until the end of the season. Now, personally, I'm not sure if this is a disaster, uh, we still get him for the season, and let's be honest, he would probably go in the summer anyway. Um, so, is it a disaster if we get the money for him now, providing it allows us to sign a right back? Uh, what's your thoughts on um, on that? And just while you answer, I do apologise. It's incredibly unprofessional. I just need to get a drink. So, talk to much yourselves. I can still hear you. Sure. Um, I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing that we are getting the money in, and, and he is going to be sort of staying with us. But I think it's that sort of maybe that negative feeling that you, you're going to get at the end of a transfer window where you know a player is going to be leaving in, in six months' time. 
um, and a player of his quality. I mean, I've you know, seen it sort of bandied about that. I've just seen Tim's in shorts. <laughs> Um, he didn't need a drink at all, Nathan, did he? Let's be honest. No, he didn't. I, th- I swear that was a gag, Tim. If that wasn't, then that's just brilliant. <laughs> um, to go back to what I was saying, it, it, Sorry, he, I'm back. Apologies. he's a player that I think would very much suit us in the championship as well. Um, he very much, I think, would be a, a sort of Suriki Dembele type player where he is, you know, such a talisman for us. And it would be a shame to, to lose a player like that. Um, you know, for a championship season, if we're there, you know, this this isn't a signed, sealed, delivered situation. Um, I'm trying to get the title of Tim shorts out of my head. Uh, but yes, yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't think it, I thought it was a valid opinion. I'm not sure quite why you're doubting yourself. Are you right there, Sam? You look like you're having a deep <laughs> Guys, have we ever have we ever had a sort of live cardiac arrest on the show? Tim, can you come round? <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, I'll talk you through what to do. Uh, Benjamin Beebe's made a, a a good point there. One thing for sure, I don't think Oso is coming back now, but you never know. It's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I mean, Kyoso, I feel like has been the theme of this. But Sam, I, I suppose the whole EMT thing. I mean, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we went into this window putting a lot of pressure on it, and it was very much around. <laughs> Thanks, JD. Uh, it was very much around um, the fact that we need to not lose anyone. Yes, we all wanted Kyoso back, but it was more around not losing the likes of EMC, Hoku, um, Kipianu, those kind of the players, ironically, that are being rumoured with, with other clubs now. So if we don't get Kyoso, if nothing else happens between now and, and 11 o'clock, do we still think it's a success? Um, what if, if Mason Clark does go and then nothing else happens? I mean, if he comes back, I suppose we we, we were saying about yeah. how he we need to not lose anyone this window ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting if it does stay like that because so many fans have been talking about right, we're going to get money in for Tony or we're going to get money in Fred Woods, and it doesn't look like Tony's going. Um, I, I've got that on fairly good grounds that Tony's not going anywhere, and is Edwards going anywhere? So, so Posh maybe do need to make a bit of money and. Mason Clark what is out of contract in summer of 2025. So at the end of the season, he will automatically go onto the transfer list anyway. 12 months ago, we know reduces value of players. So, you know, if Posh can get him back on loan, um, I, I think he's the kind of player that won't give any less effort for doing that. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Andy Turner at the Coventry Telegraph is is talking about this now, and a lot of Coventry fans are replying and saying, what's in it for us? You know, our rivals are signing Premier League players and um, and we're going for a League One player and loaning him back so we won't even see him play this season. So it's an interesting one from Coventry. But the understanding, I think, out there is that Norwich were also in for him but wouldn't promise that loan back option. Um, and and Coventry would and that's what they needed to set themselves apart. So, um, yeah, it does look like it's gathering momentum that, that Mason Clark is is going to go. Um, whether that's one of the reasons we got uh, Ola Kigby in from from Brentford, that might now start to be stacking up. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we know, you know, Poku hasn't featured recently either through injury. So yeah, interesting to see how it all aligns. It's funny, isn't it, how we just wind ourselves up into an absolute fury on deadline day, and then we're all here for it. We are, and it felt a bit since the the sort of EMC you know rumor started to gain traction. And let's be honest, it came from an account. 
does it have any credibility? Who knows? But it feels like certain rumours get, get taken and, and some don't. Yeah, I've started to get nervous about how this last couple of hours is going to play out more so because I don't think, you know, if, if uh, AMT does go to, to Coventry, I don't think that's a disaster in itself, like I say, in terms of him coming back until the summer because realistically we're probably going to lose him then anyway. Um, it's more whether or not we've got enough time then to use that money to bring players in. I'm fully aware, you know, at the same time, uh, Dara is up on Twitter at the moment. So, you know, there might be news coming through uh, whilst we're talking. And I'm fully expecting something to happen between now and 11. We know that the posh marketing team is still at work, which in itself is a little bit of a, um, a suggestion that something might be happening. So uh, we will see. Uh, JD uh, says, uh, were there any rumours? Uh, sorry, there were rumours about Ricky leaving earlier. Is there anything in that at all? believe they were true, JD, but I understand he missed the bus. Um, much like everything else that he tried. No, uh, that's, that's bitchy. That was unnecessary, wasn't it? Sorry, Nathan. I know you're a you're a fan. Um, it's, I mean, I don't know, uh, is the honest answer. The fact that they were linked with Ricky uh, and are now being linked with EMC, I guess they want some sort of tricky winger. I don't know. Uh, Nathan, for you, is it, obviously we've got Ola KB in, looks like a decent player. Do you think that's enough alongside Steer in terms of coming in? There is still that big hole in the right back, of course, but do you feel like there's enough in the building? Um, yeah, there, there is that glaring gap at, at right back. And yeah, if it were me, that would be uh, a sort of area that I'd have targeted. Um, maybe a, a left back as well, although I have sort of seen that Fergie has suggested that um, they might want to use Critchlow there potentially. So yeah, it. I think the right back would be the position that you'd want to bring someone in. Um, and I know that we've we've sort of, you know, brought in the, the the Brentford lad, which will be really, really good for for sort of some backup on the wings. I think that that makes logical sense. But yeah, it seems to be that that sort of glaring right back position that needs filling. Which, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something does happen um, before the end of the window. Hopefully. Yeah, and it's a you know the transfer deadline day uh, rumor mill does seem to to gain a little bit more in terms of traction. I've seen Kipriano mentioned as well today, Sam, in terms of. Uh, players that might potentially be going out the door. There's a few links coming in. I know Todd Kane has been uh, linked quite heavily, which actually would make relative sense. Free agent, relatively local lad, decent enough player, experienced, I guess. Um, if we were to to uh, bring somebody in for you, Sam, now, would it, would it be that right-back position um, or would it be purely depend on who goes where and, and if we do lose anyone else? Yeah, obviously a bit of that as well, but it, I think every posh fan it has to be the right back area doesn't it we've, we've looked noticeably more blunt down the right hand side uh, with no Poku and no Kyoso so yes I think that's that's what posh need to do it was interesting wasn't it that some fans were thinking about when or better went to Bolton why couldn't we do that why couldn't we do that of course or better hasn't played has he since he got injured for posh back in April of of last year since he got that quad injury so he's he's gone on loan from from Swansea to, to Bolton um fans thinking that's one we should have been in with maybe we were but Harrison Burrows to be fair to him has, has shown that we don't really need that at, at left back I, I saw a stat that he's he's created the most chances in league one this season 60 of them from from left back so you know he's he's, he's doing a phenomenal job in that regard I know there have been questions at times but you know he's doing incredibly well to adapt to that so I do think it's that it's that right back area and what we might do, um, what we might do there. Obviously, everyone's been so so focused on Kyoso, um, so we'll, we'll, you know, obviously, time time will tell. But yeah, that's that's the area. If we get Mason Clark back on loan um, and we and we don't lose Edwards, then then right back is is the one area for me now. 
Yeah, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Sam. Obviously, you know, viewers can see the, the breaking news on the bottom there. So we'll we'll try and get some more uh, substance to that as soon as we can, because I know that we're all incredibly uh, uh, concerned about um, what Ross County are up to, uh, north of the border. Uh, that's our producer, Danny's sick sense of humour, but uh, we, we're all here for it. Um, and Harry Potter, uh, sorry, Nathan, the other thing I was just going to speak to you about in terms of, um, you know, me and the other lads at the weekend mentioned about... Um, whether or not we're talking about squad depth and, and kind of sort of uh, trying to look for areas where we can improve that depth. And I talked about sh the striker position. I, I feel like potentially we need one more there. It looks as though uh, JCH is staying. So that gives us JCH, Windersill and um, Ricky, of course, up front. Do you think that's enough? And I don't just mean in terms of numbers. Do you think that's enough in terms of quality? Yeah, thank you for the question, uh, Tim, salt and pepper. Um Yes, yeah, I, I think ultimately you've got a League One Golden Boot winner for a start that, you know, is still going to be in that squad. You've then got Ricky who just suits the way that we play and just, you know, runs teams into the ground, which I think, yeah, like I say, suits suits how we play. Um, and then Mothersill just seems to, to, yeah, slowly but surely start to to sort of be showing some form and, and showing, you know, the reason that we, we signed him and, and the reason that, you know, he was you know, in a, a Premier League youth academy. So I think, yeah, I, I think we're in a good position when it, it comes to sort of scoring goals and, and that sort of attacking side of it. But it's, you know, as as Sam's mentioned and as we've mentioned before, it's it's that sort of defensive area that needs, you know, maybe a little bit of reinforcement just to make sure that we're, we've got that squad depth. Um, but, you yeah, know, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be worried about us sort of scoring goals going forward. I think, yeah, we're, we're you know, comfortably there. Um, but... You know, when it comes to the sort of defensive positions, that that would be um, an area that I, I think we're definitely not sort of fully firing in. So I've got uh, we've got top knot on uh, spaces duty, and he's just messaged me to say that Dara's just said no further incomings tonight. Now um, we know that Dara sometimes has a habit of saying one thing and then later on something else happening. Uh, if we take that as gospel, Sam, no incomings. Uh, he's not said anything about outgoings. Uh, I don't want to get too dramatic, but no incomings. Let's say EMC does go. Do we then get into disaster territory? And second to that question, Ola Kaby, who we've brought in, I, mean, I said to you guys in, in our group chat, looked very much like a replacement to me rather than squad depth. I can't imagine a player of his quality has come in to play second fiddle to Poku or EMC. No, exactly. And, um, you know, I was, I was speaking to someone um, about Oliver Kigby and, and, and Brentford, and they were saying how actually he's a real talent. He's absolutely amazing. Um, and he's come on, hasn't he? Got some Premier League appearances and probably needs a bit of toughening up, but he's really highly rated down at, down at Brentford. And sort of an element of surprise really to see him go and not not get some more Premier League sub appearances and therefore you think well if he's going to go anywhere maybe to the championship so yes you would think the reason you know he's come to posh to top end of league one know what they do with young players and get that all the signs are pointing to Mason Clark yes being sold but coming straight back so you know apparently Darrow's also said that we're not going to lose any of our talent they'll be in the team on Saturday well of course that's absolutely true if Mason Clark goes and gets loaned back um so I know when it comes to transfer windows he can be very um calculated with his language and how you interpret that so you know if you read between the lines um so yes I mean if, if the words have been there will be no incomings tonight then my natural head goes to, okay, well, maybe they will in the morning then. They're a free agent. 
or if it's done tonight but not announced till tomorrow morning so um yeah no better than just to take that face value really so so we'll see what happens it's um, almost like sam you've been around the posh uh and management hierarchy for for too long i mean with that minor with your experience with this this club what's your gut instinct saying at the moment well i would never rule anything out but Obviously, we're in a different position financially, aren't we? So we have to we have to make it work. And I think we've not seen much movement in the market at all because we've not seen those big transfers at the top and then trickling down. There's an interesting article um, posted the other day about how um, you've not had that unlocking and what you're probably going to see now with the new rules in place that Everton have been hit with, Forest as well, um, is is that you have maybe one year of busy, busy action and two years of, of quiet. And that's maybe what we're seeing now. So that's perhaps why we haven't had that trickling down effect. So um, and that unlocking of the, you know, the whole sliding door scenario. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't necessarily rule anything out from 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 posh's perspective um i mean they're trying to be quite strong on the fact kioso isn't coming back we've obviously worked ourselves into a state of mild obsession partly because of how much energy kioso gave as a lone player and having the armband which is a very unusual situation so we've kind of you know we fall hard don't we for a player at posh we did it for burke at Persich. we did it for kioso we did it for um uh, uh the German key was it Ben Ben, ben I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah. Um we did it we did it for better. So we do like to this to ourselves, don't we, we do. as a as a posh fan base. We do. A uh, quote from uh, Darren now on, on Twitter. There's no deal for PK. So we tried to buy, we tried to loan, we did our best, we tried to do everything. Um he's ruled out a deadline day move for Rotherham's Peter Kyoso. Uh I mean he will be aware, as will will Darren, that that right back position is one even if we stick with Katongo is one that we need some depth in so I wonder Nathan if if uh, I saw you nodding when I mentioned Todd Kane I wonder if that's the player that's going to come in yeah I, as soon as I saw that that was mentioned I thought I'm fairly sure he's like a god Manchester lad I think I'm fairly sure he grew up around there and, and played around um that kind of area so it would make sense especially if he's from here um, and I'm fairly sure he's a free agent as well, but you know, if I recall, he's he's quite injury prone and has had some issues with injuries before. But you know, if if we're looking at some right back cover and maybe Katongo will be the starting player, then then there's a logic there. Um, and I think you know, with a free agent as well, it, it can be you know a, a six month deal, twelve month, however many months they want to do that for. And you know, it logically just yeah plugs that gap until the summer where maybe we can do something more permanent or you know more long term. Um, but yeah, that that would be what I, I seem to be expecting purely from from what I've heard. Yeah, and we had a we had a comment in from Devin that came up on the screen there. And nothing changes. We haven't done awful business as we brought in the youngster from uh, Brentford and Steer today. But I do have a feeling we still have a player up our sleeve. I mean, to be fair, wait, Devin makes a good point, Sam. It, I suppose on the face of it, we've not lost anyone, and that was our main concern. Um, we've brought in what appears to be a really good talent from from Brentford, and of course, we've now got a keeper that all of us would have put as our our starting number one. So I guess on that side of things, it looks pretty good. I wonder why we're so nervous, because is it just because we, we know this club and the way it works? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really that, you know, that, that bothered, to be honest, by what plays out now, because I think we're already hitting way above where we thought we'd be. You know, if, if, if the absolute worst happens and we, we trickle down the league a bit, then, you know, everyone was saying we're going to be sort of 12th or you know worse so 
actually sitting where we're sitting, obviously it's got our hopes up and we want Posh to kick on and I'm sure they will have that, you know, that real drive to do so. But at the end of the day, if you if you if you as a club as Posh in the situation we are in financially, we need to we need to make money. So it means you will sell Mason Clark now um rather than in the summer. And so if you can loan him back, then actually that's that's not bad at all. Um but yes, I suppose I I'm actually in a different camp where I do worry where it leaves us if we if we don't sell Edwards, if we don't get the money for Tony, what what does that mean for us and the sustainability of the club? That's actually, I guess, where my head's at right now. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we talked a lot of a lot about Edwards coming into this window. JCH as well was always a done deal. It's now looking like he's going to be here a year longer than I think most of us expected. And and, and as you mentioned there, it looks like Tony's staying at Brentford. We have, of course, got. Um, Brentford on later or podcast Brentford podcast on later so we'll, we'll ask them if there's anything happening or or they've got any transfer to rumors but I, I do wonder if it was if there was um players needed to leave before we could ple- bring players in potentially and, and the other player Sam I just wanted to uh, mention was Sariki who uh, is at uh, Sheffield United is who Rotherham were looking to bring in on loan this is a, a right back um, there's rumours that we've now tried to hijack that deal, whether that's out of spite because they wouldn't let us have Kyo, so I don't know. Um, potentially a right back uh, coming in there. Uh, I mean, again, I suppose it's him or Todd Kane. Todd Kane's obviously a little bit more experienced. So there are, there do seem to be rumours that there might be a right back on the bus on their way to Posh at the moment. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But um, what what do, what do you think we do if we if we don't get one? How do we how do we line up? We know Knight can play there, but you're not going to disrupt Knight and Edwards in the middle, are you? Katongo, an option. We're light though, aren't we? If we get any any injuries, um, we're not going to change formation. So, yeah, be interesting to see how that position plays out. It's definitely the one I think on a lot of a lot of posh fans' minds at the moment. Yeah, and one uh, out, I guess, we'll just uh, cover this one, one quickly. Uh, Nathan, I'll throw this to you. So, as Craig Francis put there, is Tishy the, w- the worst posh signing? I mean, I feel like that's maybe a stretch, but he was recalled from his loan at Fleetwood. Uh, just second to that as well, whilst we're talking Fleetwood, Jack Marriott has also moved on today from Fleetwood to uh, Wrexham. So, he's living out his Disney dream. Fair play to him. Um, Tishy, though, uh, is being recalled from Fleetwood, gone to Boreham Woods. I mean, it, I think Craig's maybe being a bit harsh. Do you think that's a bit unfair, perhaps, to call him the worst signing? I, completely, because he's a lad who, who obviously came in, I think it was last January, and probably got 10, 15 minutes here or there. That's that's not enough, really, for him to, to logically actually show what he's about. I don't think he got any starts. So... He had very, very little opportunity um, to sort of showcase his talent, and, and ultimately these these loans haven't worked out. Um, and he's he's now at Boreham Wood, and and I really, really hope that he, he does go off and, and score plenty of goals there and, and kickstart his his career again. Because you know, he, I don't think he's done anything wrong. I think it's just a sort of an element of the situation that he he happened to be in. You know, you're you're behind a JCH who who's obviously you know a goal scoring machine, and and he just wasn't able to get into the side. And when he did get 10, 15 minutes here or there, you know, it's it's not easy to affect a game in, in that amount of time. So I, I think it's just unfortunate, really. Um, but I certainly wouldn't call him the worst signing because I don't really think he's done necessarily anything wrong. I, I think it's just a, a situation, to be honest. Straight shot, Clark Harris for Alfie May from Stuart. Do you know what? I mean, I would, I don't know, would Alfie May fit into this team? I don't know. I, I, the whole Clark Harris deal, uh, Sam, obviously we had the whole drama with with Bristol uh, Rovers. Yeah, actually, that's a good point, Pete. Big X 
No, he's not the worst. He's clearly the best signing that we've ever had. Um, but anyway, sorry, so I, I got distracted. Um, it's uh, JTH obviously we had the whole issue with Bristol Rovers in the summer. Now we've got uh, rumours that he rejected Charlton on personal terms. So he stays, unless something happens in the last hour and a half, he stays at the club, goes for free in the summer. Um, is this, I mean, where's your thoughts on JTH? This feels like a saga that's gone on way too long. It, it definitely is that. Um, and I do think that, yeah, we obviously, it was so frustrating, wasn't it? Probably for Posh, probably for fans, probably for Bristol Rovers, what happened in the summer. And Posh have missed out on money there. They've, they've missed out on potential money now with Charlton. So um, I am left feeling a little bit sorry for Johnson Clark Harris. And then I do think back to the Sheffield Wednesday second leg performance. Um, but yeah, he's, he's obviously in a position that he doesn't want to be in now. So it's, it's all become a bit of a, a farce and, and drawn out that situation. So, um, and who would have thought as posh fans that would be sitting here on the last day of the January transfer window in February. Um, and we've still got Edwards. We've still got Clark Harris. Um, you know, it, I don't think any of us would have really thought that. Um, and just to go back to Shimanga, the reason why he isn't the worst signing in posh history is because he actually scored one of the penalties in the shootout against Sheffield Wednesday when others didn't. So, he, you know, on that, on that alone, he, he stood up when we needed him to. It's quite a low bar to not be the worst striker, it is, the worst it signing is, in. It is a low bar, Tim. I was, I was in Sheffield over the weekend and I was in a museum and there was a sign hanging down and it said Sheffield Blitz. And I thought, oh, that happened to us in May. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, it is a low bar, but he, he yeah, he scored that penalty. So there you go. He'll be remembered for that. He will. Posh has been in touch, which is ironic, really. That's a, a, a great name. And a really good point, uh, Nathan, just uh, quickly, because we're, we're going to grab a quick break because these shorts are way too tight. Um, the uh, JCH still being here potentially looks at financial fair play. He's a big chunk of our wage bill. Do you yeah. think that's... I mean, Dara has said that they tried to get PK back. It just wasn't happening. Do you think it is anything to do with, with JCH? I'd imagine so. I mean, you know, we, we are, as Sam has mentioned a few times now, it's we are under financial constraints where, you know, we can't always splash the cash unless we had a big player move on. Um, and I, I suspect it is that case. I, I think maybe early in the window they thought if we can can move JCH on, then, you know, that frees up a, a lot of funds there for, for us to then be able to to give wages to, to a player like Kyoso, who I imagine would command a reasonable fee and also would command a reasonable wage. So... I think, you know, it, it, very much January, I think, is is always a, a balancing act between incomings and outgoings and, and what you can do with, you know, salary cap and, and that kind of thing. So it's just, again, it's it's a situation that, that unfortunately hasn't gone our way from that point of view. Um, but, you know, that is the January transfer window. You know, we have done some business. We have brought, you know, two players in. I know technically one was already in the club, but, you know, we've, we've still made that those uh, those moves and and you know we tried to move players out and it, it hasn't necessarily gone our way so that's just you know the January transfer window for you it's it's ups and downs peaks and troughs you know things go your way things don't and and ultimately that's um that's just the market for you fair enough well we will take a quick break whilst I'm going to change out of these way too tight shorts uh, and uh, see if I can find a certain posh legend that might be hiding in one of my cupboards uh, we'll be a few minutes stay right there we will be right 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, I think I killed my computer there. I don't know if that was the same for everybody else, but all of a sudden it appeared I went on to uh, dial up. I don't know. Uh, yeah, apologies, a quick break. I needed to change. I'm not going to lie. I was I was struggling in those shorts, uh, all for a gag. Uh, Nathan, Sam, thank you very much for uh, staying with me. Uh, whilst this is going to sound really strange, whilst I was changing my trousers there, I happened to come across a certain posh legend as well. Um, it gives me incredible pleasure to welcome big exit. No, it's not. I'm joking. It's not. I do, I do apologize there. Um, it's better than big X. Uh, I would like to welcome the absolute icon. That is Mr. Craig Mikhail Smith. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Very well. Good. Thank you for joining us. Is that your Christmas tree behind you? No, it, it just, it, it looks like it in a reflection. No, it's not. I genuinely thought you still got your Christmas, which, I mean, we're not going to judge. If you want to have your Christmas tree up, Craig, then you, you, know, you, you crack on. But uh, it, it does look like a tree. Uh, transfer deadline day, Craig. I mean, this is stressful for fans. And, and we were just talking about how actually we've maybe had quite a good window. Um, what are they like for players? It's, uh, it's enjoyable if you're involved in it. Um, but yeah, they, are, they, they can be distracting. Um, I think sometimes, obviously, depending on how the team's doing, um, it, it can you, it could be a good thing, um, and obviously at the moment the team's doing so well. Obviously, there's lots of clubs interested in in, in the players, so you kind of you don't you want to transfer to sh- uh, <laughs> window to shut as quick as possible, really. So do we. Do you have? A, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm sure agents and stuff will tell you if there's interest before it, of course, gets into the public domain. But do you wake up on deadline day knowing if? you're still going to be at that club at the end of the day? Or, or can it happen that quick? Can people wake up deadline day and get a phone call and say, you need to get on the train to wherever it might be? Yeah, it can be instant. You could just be at home, chilling out, and all of a sudden you can get a phone call saying, you've got to be here uh, at this time to, to get the deal done. So it's, there is no... Sometimes like there might be kind of uh, your agent giving you information and telling you this club's interested. And, and sometimes it can literally just be out of the blue so um you just got to be prepared whatever whatever way it goes yeah i mean of course when you joined posh that was quite late in the january transfer window um how much before that what sort of duration was there before that in terms of you had the the, the rumor that posh were interested or was it quite quick um yeah no i had a, I had a, uh, a kind of a bit of uh, an idea of what was going on beforehand so it wasn't there wasn't too much surprise in that i knew i knew the kind of the interest um, and it was just kind of waiting to see how that panned out, kind of just carry on playing what I was doing and and, and hopefully that would kind of come to fruition. But sometimes it, it can literally be, you can get a phone call a, a few minutes before, like, and then you've got to get on the train or you've got to jump on the, in a car and you've got to get somewhere. So it's um, obviously the, the last few few hours of, of deadline days, <laughs> it's always hectic and mad. 
And we were, obviously, we were all a lot younger when you signed for Posh. Some of us <laughs> didn't have grey hair at the time. But what was the what was the process like when you signed for Posh? Who who met you? Who you know? Who introduced you? Showed you around the club? What was it? What was it like when you first got to London? Um, uh, it was it was good. I, I obviously, uh, I had a I met Barry. He was like one of the first people that I, that I met. Um, I met him kind of previous to joining the club as well. So I had an understanding of of what he was like. Um, and then obviously you meet the manager and, and then you go in and um, you meet the, the players and you kind of just try and settle in as, as, as quick as, the, as you can. Obviously, I knew um, Aaron because I'd played against him and I knew Boydie because I'd played against him. So that kind of settled the nerves a little bit. Um, but it's, it was quite daunting going into into a, a league club um, and kind of being prepared to to hopefully do well. Yeah, Aaron and Bonnie, they were they were right players, weren't they? Actually, the three of you probably would have worked quite well together. Really. <laughs> yeah, so, in a love of life. Yeah, probably should have tried that. Uh, Sam, obviously, you know, we've got nothing but uh, good memories of Craig. In fact, that's the shirt that you've got now. You've disappeared off the bottom of the screen, but yeah, that's a that's a Mikhail Smith uh, shirt, right yeah. there, uh, if ever I saw it. Sam, your, your memories of of Craig, obviously from your press side. Um, I suppose that everyone's got a unique perspective, but what's your kind of overriding memory of Craig joining the club? Yeah, well, well, mainly as a fan, I think. Um, I think I was doing a bit of the commentary when you came back, Craig, from was it from Luton on loan um, mm. uh, in in that spell? But yeah, I mean, memories as a fan, just incredible the way that obviously you know the three of you um, sort of turned turned posh around really and, and turned us into you know that back to back promotion. Obviously, I think the, the favourite moment has got to be the playoff final, hasn't it? And the sort of celebration, and you know, I'm sure that's one you you play out every day. But it must be, yeah. It's, it's so thank you for coming on. It's great to have you here. Um, one thing I wanted to ask was about, you know, when you came into posh in that 2007 from Dagenham and Redbridge, and you know that they're obviously, you know, they've got a bit about them. They're making those signings. That must have been so incredibly exciting to think about what what could be achieved. Obviously, that's how it panned out. So we look back on it with even more excitement. But at the time, did you did you feel like you were joining a club who were potentially about to do something special? Um, yeah, I think so. Like as you said, they brought in Boydie and Aaron, who were kind of two main players in in non league like at that time. So you could see like they they kind of they were what they were trying to do. Obviously, they brought in Darren as well, who was a just kind of come out of his playing days was was a young manager, so they were kind of going through that that young kind of um, ex, ex, like almost inexperienced players, but with uh, a bit of na- naivety, uh, a bit of drive, a bit of hunger to to kind of prove themselves and uh, push forward. And obviously, the I was there kind of what eight, 13 games until the end of that season, and then you had other players out of non-league come in. I think Charlie Lee came in at that point in time. I think maybe Russell Martin and um, a few other players maybe around then. And you had like you had some experience as well. I think Dean Keats came in. I think Chris Westwood was in. So you could see they were building a, a young a young squad to, to compete, but they also brought in some really experienced players of, of the league as well. So it was an, it was really exciting because I think we all knew what we were capable of, but we didn't realise how. How well we would would all gel together and what we could what we achieve. Yeah, not, those, not names dropping. those names, Tim. Just some of the memories. Oh, well, sorry. One other thing. Those names you just reeled off. Thinking about that squad. Do you reckon you beat the current team? How do you reckon you do? Um, I, I always think about this whenever I come to the games and I watch the games. Um, I think 
I think we'd be we'd be wide open. We'd probably concede about six or seven, and we'd probably score about seven or eight. So, like for me, when I watch it, it's obviously the boys are unbelievable technically on the ball. Like Darren's got them playing some great football. But for me, I, I, I just look at it and think, flipping how they they play so much around the back, and it would I'd absolutely love love centre of halves to have just played like that. When when I was playing, they they, they see me coming, they just boot it. Now, now it's like they 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 consistently play it and play it to the goalie and stuff. And I'd, I'd have loved to have have been playing it kind of around this time because I think I probably would have got a hat full of goals from from those opportunities. But it'd be close. The the, the team's been has been outstanding. Obviously, it's, it's a young squad and very similar to how to how we were. Um, I think they've galvanised around each other last season. Sheffield Wednesday was a big a big blow. Um, and I think the, the club have been amazing with with how they've adjusted and, and how the team have, have built themselves and gone on from strength to strength. There's one player in particular I want to talk to you about, Craig, and, and Elsie just popped the, the comment along the lines of where I was going there. Uh, they say, any chance you can give Ricky J. Jones some tips on one-on-ones? Now, we Ricky J. Jones has split this pod several times. When I say split the pod, it's really me against everyone else. Um, I feel like you're, and actually we, we mentioned you on the, on the last pod because I was saying that it is possible to have a player that creates runs off the ball to create movement for others, which Ricky does very well, but can also finish, which of course was your domain. You could do both of those things. So I, I wonder what's, as a striker and, and as an out-and-out striker who knows where that goal is, what's your thoughts on Ricky J. Jones and, and his progression to this point? I think I think he's 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 done well. I think he's come in for a, a lot of criticism. Um, I think over the last few years, um, he's kind of been in and out. Obviously, you've got JCH up front, which is he's obviously been amazing over the last few years with the amount of goals he scores. So you've got to kind of it's hard to kind of push him out of the team. And when you come in for Ricky, you've got to, you've got to perform instantly. And he's he's still young. He's still learning the game. He's still learning about like what he brings to the team, like what he's good at. And I think this season he's he's started to to find a bit more form. I think he's started to find a bit of confidence. I think having a young squad around him has probably helped. Um, I think he's had older, experienced heads maybe previously, which probably put a bit more pressure on him. Whereas I think being in a younger squad, I think he's 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 one of the lads. He's involved. I think he he feels included in the, in in that team. And I think when I've watched him, I think he's he's done well. There's, obviously, there's always room for improvement. There's always more that he can be doing. Um, whether he's he's working on those things off the training pitch on the training pitch, I, I don't know, um, but I definitely feel he's he's improved from from what I've seen, and and hopefully he will carry on doing that. Just before I throw it to, to Nathan, I suppose just on the back of that, do you you know, and you can be honest, of course you can, but do you feel like he is destined for for bigger things, or do you feel like he's kind of plateaued to the point that maybe this is the level that he's at? Um, it's very difficult to say that unless he plays at the net, like those levels consistently, you can't really. I don't think you can tell. I think he's he's got all the attributes. He's quick. He's strong. As you said he probably can work on his finishing, which ultimately I think would bring him more goals, which would maybe allow him to play at a higher level. Um, but it's all down to him at the end of the day that he he needs to see what he needs to work on, um, and he needs to he needs to be doing it on the training pitch, and and hopefully. For him, that would allow him to then play higher up the up the leagues. Yeah, Gordon, Nick, I'll throw over to, to you there. Yeah, so a question I guess I've always wanted to ask any of the sort of posh players from 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 old um, would be: What is it like to sort of 
be managed by Fergie day to day. You know, none of us really have an understanding of what that's that's actually like. I mean, I've met the met the man a few times. You know, there's definitely an aura about him. But what is it actually like to to be managed under him? You know, what's the day to day like? How does he manage you? Does he pull you aside? You know, basically, just how does he deal with you? I guess. Yeah, he, it, it might be different now. Like I've, I've gone in and watched a few training sessions, and he, he he's more he stands on the sideline and watches watches what's going on, and obviously then steps in here and there when he needs to. When I was when we were there, he would join in training. He would he'd be joining in the the five sides. He'd be joining in the keep balls, and and he'd be joining in. And same with uh, Rooster. They'd both be in, involved. So they were very kind of they were in it with us. So I I, I don't know how. He, whether that he got a better view of training when he was in training with us, or he gets a better view standing out on the sideline. But he's 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 very fair. He's he's a fantastic manager. You can look at what he's done at Peterborough, the players he helped develop. He he's he's got something special, as you say. Um, he's always he's always fair. He was always like if you're, if you're doing well, you'd know about it, and if you weren't doing well, you'd know about it too. Which is what you want from a manager. You want to know if you're doing well, you want to be you want to be praised for it. Because uh, we've all got egos, <laughs> and if you if you are uh, and if you're doing like doing doing okay or not doing doing what he expects, then then you're going to get it, and you've got to take that. And um, I think he's fair that if you put the work in, you get your opportunity. There's no doubt uh, that he's. I mean, he's found a success at this level, isn't he? He's found that that winning formula. Uh, Craig, if you're happy to stay with us, we've got some yeah. uh, more questions we'd like to throw at you. And, and anyone that is watching, listening, uh, throw your comments in. We'll get as many as we, or three questions in. We'll get as many as we can through to Craig. Uh, we are uh, unfortunately going to lose our, one of our first outgoings of the evening, uh, Mr. Sam Edwards. I believe your uh, your lucky meter is uh, has reached its peak, and I understand you are uh, leaving us at this point. Any idea where you're moving on to? Just, just watching you. Oh, okay. I'll go put the shorts back on. Is that's all? <laughs> that's all. I, I, I did. I did just. Uh, I, I, I think. I think Craig. I saw you wince a little bit when Nathan said "posh player of old." That looked like it. Hurt a bit. <laughs> you, look, you look exactly the same as Jared was just saying in our in our in our group chat. Um, this year, it feels like two minutes since you were last wearing it and and, and banging in goals. I guess does it hit? Does it a bit of hit of nostalgia when you see when you see old posh shirts that you played in? Yeah, oh, massive! Like as you said, it, it literally is a blink of an eye, and it's it's over. And it's trying to convey that to to players and young lads who are trying to make their way in the game. It's like you might be twenty one, twenty two, and you'll blink, and and you'll be thirty six, thirty seven, and and you'll be out the other side of it. And football moves so fast that you, you, sometimes you can be forgotten. So it, it it I I do miss it, and obviously seeing the, the old shirts. I think I I, def, I scored a few goals against Plymouth in that shirt, and. Um, I've got all my shirts like hung up at home and stuff, so uh, like, I, I keep them with pride. It's it's it seems a long career, you say oh, 10, 12 years, or whatever it like, but it isn't. It, it literally flies by. So um, I do do appreciate every moment I had, and and I and I do miss it when I when I'm there at the games. I feel like I could get my boots and stick them back on and get out there, but it's uh, I've got to let it go and move on. <laughs> Yeah, we'd be quite happy for you too as well, Craig. To be fair, we've got that one more goal to go, isn't it? So it's, uh, yeah, I feel like we can. Uh, I feel like we could probably uh, get you back on, uh, Sam. Thank you for 
everything you've uh, you've set the the bar high for hosts uh, this evening so i thank you very much mr edwards for your uh, your time as always a humble sam always looks when he's getting a, getting a compliment um in place of sam though we do have uh, another signing i'm delighted to welcome uh, gab sutton from the efl debate uh, a, a gentleman who i spend far too much time talking about to posh so i figured i would reverse roles this evening and get a neutrals uh, perspective uh, gabs good evening sir Good evening, Tim. You've, you've, you've got me signed up on deadline day. I know. I was with big bucks. You've used our entire budget. Um, to be honest. In fact, <laughs> as it is, we, we, we're not able to offer uh, Craig anything at this point, uh, <laughs> apart from you know, our, our kind of well wishes, because it's all gone on, on your transfer, Gabs. But um, no, I was keen to get you on because I feel like at times like this, where we're all panicking about players leaving and panicking about who we're going to lose it's kind of nice to get a bit of a neutral perspective and you are uh, at the top of the show I introduced you as the font of all football league knowledge um you have an incredible knowledge of every club it feels like in the EFL to the point if I threw a name at you you'd tell me what position they play how many goals they've scored who they went to school with what their dog's name is um and so I feel like you're you're really well placed to kind of give a perception of this posh team at the moment how do you see this squad um, well, I see the first 11 to be um, incredibly strong. And um, I think I was actually looking through uh, the signing um, Ola Kagby, the, the lad you signed from Brentford. I was looking through, yes. you know, I think that's probably a good addition because um, you've maybe been a little bit fortunate. Maybe the sports science that's maybe been improved over the last couple of years has been um, a factor behind this. But um, you, you've been quite fortunate that I think... Um, uh, Joel Randall, um, Efron Mason-Clark and Jimmy Poku have started about, um, I think the number's something like 71 games out of a possible 80-odd 80, 80 between them. And I think that, that sort of consistency has been massive and you, you have to admire how they've stayed fresh, but I think bringing in another option uh, certainly helps with that. And really, uh, the question is, you know, can you keep that, um, that best 11 in place? And I think keeping hold of Ronnie Edwards, which... Sorry, I've said that because I don't want to jinx anything, but ho hopefully you can keep hold of him in the next hour. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's going to make a huge difference. And then, yeah, can you get a bit lucky slash be good at sports science slash hopefully hopefully no one you know does a horror challenge against some of these players in the second half of the season? Because, um, yeah, it's a great first 11. And if you can keep them fit and fresh for the remainder, then um, you're certainly going to be a threat to, to Portsmouth. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting to use Portsmouth as our, as our biggest kind of competitor. Yeah, Bolton, I think, are, are just on a different level in terms of depth. I don't think you capture okay. them. Definitely. I mean, they, they're buying players for fun this window, aren't they? But it's, you know, it's, I suppose that's the size of the clubs, maybe, I don't know. But I know that when I've been on the EFL debate a few times, I've talked about the importance of January. I think I said it way back in, like, October and how it was important that we didn't lose anyone. Now, there's rumours kind of gaining a little bit of traction before we came on air that Mason Clark was off to Coventry, but with a loan back until the summer. Um, whether or not that's going to be the case, we'll wait and see. Again, obviously, being on here, I'm relying on other people to throw me information, so apologies if it seems like I'm distracted. Um, if that does happen, he would still be our player. So I guess on the face of it, 
it's not really a disaster. We've still got that right back issue. And as you correctly say, we've still got an issue around um, squad depth. Do, oh, do, you, um, do you mind me asking actually, how's, um, uh, it's, I want to say Joel Katonga, is it? I might have got the surname. Tonga, yeah. Joel Katonga, yeah. yeah. As, what's his form been like lately? So it's difficult because he's filling a big, big hole with, with Peter Kioso uh, and he works so well with Paku that obviously we've, we've lost that natural connection there. I don't think he's a bad player, but he's a centre-back and he's, playing right back at the moment he's, he's kind of that square peg round hole situation so it's a difficult one i think with um uh, with, with katongo and that entire right side if i'm honest uh, mm. at the moment to be fair but I, I guess you know it's interesting you you, you feel like bolton are a step above so it's between yeah. us and portsmouth with the window being as it is in terms of relatively uneventful obviously we've got jed steer back in as well today do you think that makes us favourites over Pompey for that other automatic? Oh, what a killer question that is! Um, I think um, I think Portsmouth have had uh, a really good end to the window. They've signed uh, Tom McIntyre from uh, Reading. They signed Owen Moxon from Carlisle um, and Callum Lang from Wigan. And I think those are all good signings uh, that definitely improved their depth. I think if you really pushed me for a second place team, I probably would edge towards Portsmouth. Um, but I've probably enjoyed watching Peterborough players much as anyone this season, um, especially that attacking quartet that uh, we've often talked and waxed lyrical about when you've come on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I suppose the question for me um, would be, um, who, I mean, jo- is Johnson Clark, Har- Har- Johnson Clark Harris going to leave? Um, no, it looks like he's staying. looks like he's oh, staying. He's staying. So, yeah, and he's out of contract in the summer. So um, ultimately we'll go for free. Obviously he's had two windows where looks like he's going, first of all, to Bristol Rovers in the summer and, and this this window to Charlton. Mm. For whatever reason, neither has happened. So, yeah, it looks like he's um, stopping. Yeah. OK, so, yeah, you're kind of hoping, I suppose, Jay Jones stays fit because he seems to be the one that's best facilitate the style. And, yeah, I kind of come back to it. Like, if this eleven can maintain their peak performance levels for the rest of the season, then great. Um, I guess my, my question is, like... In an ideal world, I would have wanted a few more signings like Ola Bay, who you've got on loan from Brentford, where you just give yourself another option, even if it's someone who can play a couple of positions or you've got a bit of flexibility to move one or two players around. But just get, I, I remember the, um, the promotion winning side uh, in 2021. And it felt like you had a, a really tight knit group of about 15 or 16 players. Um, and it feels like this season side, it is very much you are kind of relying on that first 11. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm mindful of, really. Yeah, and it's a great answer. I, I was, I'm not allowed, I was completely distracted by the fact that Craig's it looks like his partner's just in the background there doing a photo shoot. Which I, I'll be honest, it, I wondered what was happening, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, he's got a burger in his house, taking, <laughs> yeah. Taking, yes, you imagine that <laughs> deadline, he's signing, taking down the Christmas tree in the uh, yeah. <laughs> in um, it's, it's, it's interesting what you say, uh, Gab, but just to, to I suppose just to kind of wrap up, and I always ask this to, to neutral as a neutral irrespective of this current squad what's your view of Peterborough as a club as a whole and the reason I say that is we get so invested in the club that we often put ourselves as a a bigger club than we are and sometimes we need that bit of a reality check are Peterborough a league one team or a championship team oh what what, um (laughs) um how would I say this I would say historically 
I'm I'm not an expert on history, as you can sort of see, um, but I um, <laughs> I would probably say historically Peterborough are a League One club. Feel free for anyone you know of different generation to sort of correct me on that. But I would say about League One club historically, um, and then I think the work that Darren McAnthony's done has meant that there has been a bit more expectation at Peterborough and mid table in in League One probably feels a bit more like a more like a failure if you like. Um, so. Yeah, that's where I think Peter are. Fair enough. So, I mean, it's brave. So I'm not, I won't lie. You've come on and, you know, <laughs> lower league one club that Pompey are going to beat us to the automatics. I know. Um, I know. I, I, I admire your honesty and your confidence. It's a little bit worrying because your football knowledge is second to none. So the fact oh, that you're, you're saying these things yeah. is. Uh, is concerning slightly, but in any case, it's always nice, I think, to get that that kind of neutral perspective on on where we're at as a club. So I appreciate your time, Gabs. Thank you very much. Um, hopefully, it'll be a nice quiet hour for Posh now, and there won't be a lot happening. Just one quick question I did want to ask you as well, as our fond of footballing knowledge, which uh, League One team, uh, just very quickly, do you think has had the best January transfer window? Um, well, that's a great question. I think um, Bolton, again, I think of, of um, it was difficult to improve their squad because it was already very strong. But I think they've answered any of my um, sort of remaining doubts. Um, but I would say, um, I, do you know what? I actually think Carlisle have really improved their squad. I think they've made uh, a lot of excellent signings. They've signed Georgie Kelly from uh, from Rotherham, which, um, again, he's someone who's played in the Championship and won promotion from this level before. Um, Luke Armstrong, um, they've signed Harrison Neal, who's on loan at, at Barrow last season. So I feel like Carlisle have really improved their squad and, and they've given themselves an outside chance that I probably wouldn't have given them uh, without this sort of window. So, yeah, maybe Carlisle, actually. Perfect. I'll take that as a good answer because you didn't pick one of our promotion rivals as well. And let Nigel's agreeing with you there as well. Uh, Gabs, thank you very much for your time. I do really appreciate you uh, popping on and giving us a neutral perspective. Thank you very much. Legend, thanks. And all the best to the posh for the rest of the season. Cheers. Thank you. Well, we're going to finish third now, isn't it? And we'll win the playoffs. We've good history there. So, yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, cool. A couple more uh, of our regular hosts uh, to bring into the stage as well. Dan Topnot Weldon joins us from the Northwest. And we've also got Craig. Uh, good evening, Dan. Evening, chaps. Pleasure. Mm. And uh, nice to meet you, Craig. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, look, Dan fanboy, I love it. And uh, <laughs> Craig as well, good evening, sir. How are we doing? You all right? Yeah, well, yeah, well, we're doing right. No, it was, I like that. It was good. It's a nice adding a bit of masculinity to the pod. I appreciate that. Um, uh, just one for, for you, Craig, just very quickly. Um, Ronnie Edwards is a name that's come up a few times already tonight. Uh, I'm stealing a question that Dan threw, actually, if I'm honest, at this point. Uh, what, why do you think he's not yet gone to a, a club further up the divisions? Are they just waiting for that development at Posh? What, what's kind of stopping that happening? Which Craig are you going to? Sorry, I've got two Craigs now, haven't I? Sorry, Craig McHale-Smith, I will call you CMS. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> so what's stopping his, his development going, what, going what's up? What's stopping the... Edwards? Yeah, why hasn't that transfer happened yet in terms of moving on to a bigger club? Um, I think people are just still watching him. He's, he's still very, very young. Um, I think they want to see see how he de- develops over a whole season. Obviously, he equipped himself very well in a championship. Um, I think they want to see see how he does, see how he performs in a whole season. Obviously, Posh are, are very hard uh, negotiators with the transfer fee, so maybe there are teams that have come in and got some serious uh, big money uh, offers they need to put in to, to take him. But I think his development 
uh, I think people would probably see in just how he's developing. Like what, he's looking fantastic from from the, the performances I've seen. Um, but I think they want to let him to get a whole season. Once he's had a whole season, I think they'll feel com- more comfortable to to invest in him uh, in the summer. Yeah, again, you've heard it here first from Craig McHale-Smith. Ronnie Edwards goes in the summer for huge amounts of money. Um, that's a, a, an, an exclusive right there. Uh, Nathan, I know that you uh, are leaving us shortly. I understand you had something else you just wanted to throw to Summer. Yeah, I guess I the, the curiosity that I had was, you know, this current squad that we have is incredibly talented. And obviously the, the side that you were in was, was equally, if not more talented. Um, I guess, what player would you take from your side um, that you played in, you know, whether that be Boydie or Tomlin or, or yourself or, or Aaron, you know, which player would you pluck from from that side and then drop into to this current side to to try and yeah really really you know improve the side, I guess. Um, oh, that's a really good one. Um, it's difficult. I think obviously, I don't know if I, I love Boydie and obviously he was fantastic, but at the moment you've got two. Uh, wingers who are on absolute fire we've got pace and power and goals creativity assists um again i don't know whether a number 10 would suit so whether that would be me or aaron as a as an out and out goal scorer and maybe that's something that's kind of missing at the moment obviously you've got jch but again he's not not really involved with the way the the, the team perform uh, ricky j jones is obviously he's finding his feet slowly um, but I think maybe just a natural goal scorer um, to kind of finish finish maybe more of the chances or be more a bit more clinical in front of goal, maybe something that would, would help the team and improve the team. Yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. Nathan, thank you so much for your time uh, this evening as well. I know that you've uh, yeah, you've given up your, your evening. I've, having just played seven aside as well, which was uh, very yeah. we, could, we could have done with Craig up front, definitely. Just, yeah, well, from <laughs> the sounds of it, yeah, absolutely, with your performance. But, uh, yeah, no, but thanks, Nathan. I really appreciate your time this evening. Thank you. Cheers. Dan Topknot Weldon, uh, Gabs there said that Bolton are a league above and are going to run away with the championship as in the title i should say uh i'm sure that's uneasy listening for a man who lives in bolton yeah i don't think they're a league above at all um they've got great strikers i don't deny that um you know squad depth is is obviously good as well and and that's key in this league i think you know as soon as you've got two or three players on the bench that couldn't you know, challenge for those first team places on a on a regular basis. You're off to a winner already. You know, unfortunately, posh don't have that. We don't have the budget to have that. We, we're, we're very sort of stuck to. We've got eleven players, maybe twelve that that have a chance of starting every week, and and then you know, from the looks of it on the pitch, Darrow doesn't really seem to trust his bench very often. Um, but you know, it, we could be wrong, and he could just you know be very opposed to making transfers. I, I think Bolton will go up i think they probably will end up winning the league if not you know second place um but you know i don't think they'll run away with it in the championship i don't think they'll go up and do what ipswich have done this season and absolutely tear things up i think they'll probably be in the, the relegation fight or or you know mid-table at best uh, but of course that's what we were told when we went up and well we got bullied so you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it just didn't happen, did it? Uh, Stuart Watkin, uh, CMS, you still got your boots and shin pads, pal. You're playing this Saturday. Um, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying there, isn't it, around uh, we need that hour and hour striker. Uh, Craig is in our Craig, uh, yellow block Craig. Uh, what's your summary of the window been? It 
felt a little bit disappointing at the start of the evening. It feels actually like now we've assessed it probably what we hoped for at the start of January. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I actually kind of thought this would play out this way, that we wouldn't actually have that much activity. Um, I think as posh fans, we all kind of get a little bit carried away that we're going to make this million pound sign in every every window and it never transpires. And I think that um, there's nothing wrong with it. I think you look at what the lads have achieved um, in the last sort of six months. And to be fair, if you'd have asked us this at the start of the season where we placed, none of us would have argued it. We'd have all taken it. Um, I do believe that there's um, room for improvement in the forward line. Um, I listened to what Craig said earlier um, regarding Ricky and I, I think he's made valid points. But I would like to put to Craig what he feels with regards Ricky playing with somebody else up front because the one thing that I would say Ricky doesn't have naturally in his game is the ability to... He's strong, don't get me wrong, but he's strong when he's com- combative for the ball that's in, uh, played behind him. Not necessarily so much in the air. Do you think he would benefit from having a target man that could allow him to take that pressure off? I, I mentioned this on the last pod that I was on and it'd just be interesting to get your opinion on that. Um. Yes and no. I think it's, it's it's difficult. I think obviously Ricky loves the space and running into to the the, the gaps and say I don't think he's the his hold up play is conducive for him to be in a in a target man. Um, I think obviously the wingers they probably take a bit of space away. If you put another another centre forward in there, it kind of it, I think it would cram it up for in that sense. You'd have too many players in there if you want. Mason Clark and Poku running off the wings, and then you've got a centre forward dropping in, and then you've got Ricky making a run. There's, I think, there's too too much going on. Um, I think it's just developing him as a as a player. Like when I came in, I was very raw, very similar to Ricky. My finishing was okay. I needed to learn how to hold hold the ball up better. Um, and I think that's some of the things maybe he needs to implement into his game is is maybe being a bit more of a, a platform while utilizing his pace and stuff off off the uh, off the shoulder as well um but as as i said previously i think he's 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 come on leaps and bounds i think he's he's finding his feet he's finding his confidence and to say there's there's a, there's a few extra bits and tweaks here and there that he can improve but he's still such a young lad that he has time to to do that what yeah. what age grade though, did you find that you kind of came in, I mean, they always say, obviously, late 20s is when you find your peak normally, because obviously you've played it so long, but obviously Ricky's been playing for a number of seasons. So do you think that he should come into his peak earlier because he started much earlier than he did? I appreciate he's been hindered by injuries, but um, again, it'd just be something I'd, I'd like to get your, gauge your thoughts on, if that's all right. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Obviously, he came in, well, I think he was like 17 um, and he's, he's. I think everyone probably expected more of him, but sometimes obviously that brings its own pressure. Um, you have squads who, with, if you have experienced players in in them, bring their own pressures to to Ricky. So it's just, I think he's found his squad. I think he's found his his team that allow him to be him, allow him to to progress and, and grow. I think you, you you're always going to find teams that suit you. Um, and allow you to be who you need to be as a player, and, and have people around you that allow you to 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 get the best out of you. Um, yeah. And I think, as I said, I think he's found that with this squad. I think they've 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 they're young, they're vibrant, they're excitable. They they've obviously like spend a lot of time together, which I think gives him more confidence. Um, and I think they because he has now more confidence. Players have more confidence in him to give him the ball and put him into areas 
and and I think that that will breed further and further. And, and as I said, hopefully he'll start. He'll you know, hopefully he might be doing it. I don't know, but obviously adding extra bits into his game, whether he's looking at that and looking at what else he needs to work on. I think that was like again for myself. I knew I had to work on my finishing, and I knew I had to work on my my hold up play. I had a, a great conversation with Gary Johnson, who battered me once at, at like half time. <laughs> And I had to go and speak to him and find out why he was shouting at me because I'd, I'd, I'd scored, I think I was like 14 goals before Christmas. And he told me that I wasn't holding the ball up enough. I wasn't bringing people into play enough. I was I was scoring goals, but I wasn't I wasn't contributing to the team. So I needed that to learn that I needed to improve and get better. And I'm hoping that people are kind of saying to, to him that this is, these are the extra bits that you need to do to to push yourself within the team and, and obviously give you opportunity to come play at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it, it'd be so nice just to be a fly on the wall and hear how they're developing uh, Ricky. I feel like you've kind of... So we're quite polarised over Ricky on this part, and I feel like, mm. in a way, you've been able to uh, almost side with everybody, uh, acknowledging his weaknesses, <laughs> focusing on his strengths. It was... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cracking answer. Um, we are going to have a break shortly, but, I mean, you must miss all of this drama, Craig, around for you mentioned about how you wish you could still be back out there. Uh, what are you, how are you feeling these days now? What's, what's life look like for you since football has finished? Um, it's been tough to be honest. Like I, I've been in it for so long to, to kind of come out of it. I, I didn't realize how difficult it would be. Like, I, I kind of was institutionalized in it and my days were, were planned for me. I knew what I was doing. I knew where I was going. I knew where I had to be. I can literally just turn up and do what I need to do. And now it's like, it's responsibility on me to kind of dictate my days, find my structure. So I'm learning, like, I'm learning about that, how to be more paper efficient and admin and stuff that I've never had to, to kind of really focus on. But I've, I've started to do striker coaching. Um, it's on a, on a Tuesday in Peterborough, just across from the, the training ground. I do like a technical Tuesday with, with kids to help develop like their basic skills. And then on a on a Friday at Neverton uh, Football Club, I do like striker, so it's called Finishing Friday. So it's all for strikers and um, learning like the, the basics. But then I have older kids, kind of up to eighteen, who are learning about about the movement and different like, aspects. And, and ultimately, I want to kind of work with semi pros and and pros. So I'm just trying to find out who's interested in doing it. I'm just kind of putting it out there because it's very it's very niche. It's not. Mm. It, it's always baffled me how there is not. A striker coach because it's such a uh, an important position on the pitch so for, for me I, I feel like I've gathered a lot of knowledge and there's lots of great technical stuff out there with data analysis and video analysis so it's something I want to want to do and want to implement and, and and help so young kids improve but also help like pros kind of find their find their peak and find that like one percent that will, will will get them like over moves or get them more goals yeah, it's a surprise there's no specific attacking coach. Obviously, we have goalkeeping coaches, set-piece coaches. I know that um, AFC Wimbledon used to have a coach specifically to uh, look after substitutes and get them ready for the game and how they focus their mentality. It's strange that we ignore that one position that ultimately mm. can can make the difference. It, you're right, I suppose, be kind of general coaching. Do you feel like that's something that the the club, as in Posh, could benefit from? Um, eventually, just bringing in someone with that experience like yourself. So, for example, if we take Ricky, you know, you've been in that situation. You're a similar type of player. You could maybe give him that sort of guidance and that that mentorship. Do you feel like that's potentially is that is that kind of the end goal? That kind of position? Yeah, I think I think I'd, I'd like to work with clubs more probably on an individual basis. Um, I think is is the aim. But I think you're, you're right. I think there's 
there, there is a need for um, a striker coach, striker mentor, whatever you want to, how you want to call it, is because I think it's such a, it's such a mentally draining position. Like it, you're, you're judged on goals. Like you're realistically, you're, you're not judged on like your all-round play. It's, it's, it's how many goals you score, and that, and that can be mentally draining because when you're on a rich vein of form, it's great, and everyone's really enjoying it. All of a sudden, you hit a dry patch, and people are saying you're not, you're rubbish, and you're not, you're, you're struggling, and all these different things. So it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions. It's, it is really tough, and I think having people around you who've maybe been in that position and who understand the highs and lows, maybe understand different aspects of how to get around goal droughts and different bits and peaks, like this is say going through one on ones, which I had to learn to do. I think it's very, it's, it's, it's beneficial to, to players to, to have those kinds of people around. Yeah, I certainly feel like that. It's just alien to me that that's not a, a position at a professional club anyway. You, you, you know, you have dietitians and all that kind of stuff. You feel like um, you feel like that kind of would be something that, that would be there. If you know, if anyone's listening and and they did want to get in touch, if if they did feel like they could benefit from from what you're doing, what's the best way for them to to reach out to you? Um, probably through my social media, so my Instagram or my, or my Twitter and Facebook. Um, if they can, like, they can like DM me, send me a, a message. Um, and then I'd get in contact with them and, and, and then obviously go over the process of, of what they'd want to achieve and, and how we'd go about it. Fair enough. And Dan, just before we take a quick break before our final section, because we are rapidly working our way to 11, which is great news for us as uh, Poshies. Um, if we were to have a five-a-side team, Dan, I'm pretty sure you would be a striker. Um, I reckon maybe we could get Craig involved with working alongside you. Oh yeah, well, to be honest, I'd benefit from it greatly because uh, I'm, I'm not the greatest at football. Don't know if you could tell by my size, but uh, you know, I'm a bit of a unit. Um, no, it, you know, let, let's sort of talk about where we are in the season right now. Obviously, coming into February 2011, we coming into February we were sort of you know sixth and seventh in the table somewhere like that, and we were coming up into the, to the closing period. So you've been here before Craig, where we, you know, we, we've got our eyes on promotion. We've just got past January with, you know, minimal casualties, should we say. Yeah. What would you say if you were in the dressing room to the players right now, as we approach that run into sort of, you know, start getting us over the line and look at the next season, the championship? Um, I'd say enjoy it. I'd tell them to enjoy every moment of it. Like there's not many times in your career that you, 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 you hope that you get the opportunity to get to be in these positions and there's no, there's no there's no point in being scared about it. You might as well just in, embrace it, enjoy it. Like they say, they're young, they're they're a naive squad. They've got great enthusiasm. I, I wouldn't change much. I'd just say go and enjoy it. The, the, the pressure's not on them. The pressure's on the Portsmouth, the Boltons, the the, the big teams that like who ex, who were expected to be up in the round there. Like Peterborough, obviously, were were down and out at the end of the season because of the playoffs. Everyone wasn't expecting them to do anything and thought it might be really, really difficult. And obviously they've proved everyone wrong. So it's now it's now to kind of step on the gas and, and shove it down everyone's throat of, about what happened last season and finish off with promotion. Yeah. And I, I, I'm disrupted by the breaking news along the bottom. Uh, the fact Joe Nuttall has joined Cheltenham on loan from Oldham for the rest of the season. So I feel like we should probably call it a night at that point. But uh, <laughs> as exciting as that is, just in, in one word, so, uh, very quickly before we, we have that break I've talked about so many times. Um, do you think this posh side will finish in the top two, yes or no? Uh, yes. 
We'll take that. We'll take that over the neutral that came on and said absolutely no. Uh, very <laughs> quick uh, two-minute break. You can count them, and then we will be talking. Uh, be talking Brentford when we come back. Stay right where you are. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.